be sure to check out the STD Podcast YouTube page at youtube.stdpodcast.com. Welcome to STD Podcast, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with the Who Story himself, Cal Jones. How's it going, dude? Dude, I cannot complain. I kind of uh, went away uh, last weekend, kind of, I would say not feeling well, but I had someone who wanted to say, state the nature of your medical emergency. So I was pretty good that weekend. So <laughs> how about yourself? I'm doing quite well, man. Quite well. I'm ready to get back into the thick of it, man. Cool veins. So also we have the, the, the Stargate Storian, Jeremy Barrow. How's it going, dude? It's going wonderful. I'm glad to be here once again. Cool, cool, man. We are happy to have you. And uh, yeah, Cal mentioned seeing a certain EMH. So let's just go ahead and jump into some of the the things we've been up to. And uh, uh, not this past weekend, but a couple of weekends ago, we were in Pensacola, Florida for Pensacola 2018. Yeah, and I am terribly jealous say- that I wasn't able to go. <laughs> well, can you say that was just for me and out of this world, I and mean, I'm not trying to be funny again, but that was just a totally cool, fun trip. Yeah, 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 man. We got to see quite a few celebrities, and even, you know, we didn't even get to see them all because there were so many. And, um, yeah, so some of the people we saw uh, of, of Doctor Who fame, we saw Arthur Darvall as well as uh, John Berryman, which, you know, well, his panel was excellent. Um, very entertaining. Very entertaining. Um, go ahead. No, I was just saying um, my favorite part of that was literally at the beginning kind of watching your face when uh, he came out on stage at the very beginning. So, yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't totally shocked, but yeah, a bit surprising, a bit surprising. Um, and also we saw some Star Trek people there. Uh, actually, Jason Isaacs was there, but we didn't see him because he didn't come to Sunday. And by Sunday, we had already left. So yeah, we missed Captain Lorca, which I'm sad about, tear. Uh, but in uh, happier news, we saw uh, Robert Duncan McNeil, Tom Paris, and we also saw Robert Picardo, uh, the med- emergency medical hologram, the MH. And uh, that was really, really cool to see those guys get up on stage and, and you know, talk about some of the Voyager memories. So, so I have a question for you real quick, because this was something that I've actually been confused about since the uh, day you know, that we saw them. Um Tom Paris, he was not supposed to be there, was he? Uh, I think he was at the convention, but he wasn't supposed to be on that specific panel. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that was a uh, Robert Picardo panel. So, yeah, when he showed up, I was totally shocked because I wasn't even looking up when they introduced him. I was like, what? What? What is he doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, okay, I, I'm, I like it. I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but yeah, it was awesome uh, hearing those guys. And if you want to actually hear that panel, uh, we have some semi-rough audio of it. Uh, and that audio is actually up on our uh, Patreon page. So you can go to patreon.com slash STD podcast 
to actually check that out in its entirety. And also, we got a pretty cool picture up of, you know, me and Kyle took with the great Robert Picardo, which was awesome. Which also made me insanely jealous. I just cannot stress that enough. <laughs> fanboy moment, man. Fanboy moment. Yeah. I would have totally been a fanboy. I, y'all would have had to like drag me away. So it's probably for the best. But but you know if if you don't mind me saying, Clarence, I, I've I've really got to you know compliment uh, Robert Picardo in how I, I don't want to use the word polite, but just how welcoming. That's maybe that's a better word. How welcoming he was because I was looking around and a lot of people when they are majority of people when you took the picture with that celebrity. You, you know, walked over, you know, by them at the table, sat down and took a quick picture, you know, with them, with him. He came out behind the table, walked around where we were, made sure that we were in the picture me on one side, you on the other side. And just was very uh, just a very extremely nice guy. Yeah, yeah, man. Just very inviting, very nice. And uh, he actually gave you some, some, some tips that I think you have went, took to heart and, uh, when it, when it purchased a certain item. Yeah, indeed. And indeed he did. Um, so at some point in the conversation, you know, he made the reference of, um, and I think this may have been at first when he was in the panel itself, he, he brought this up and then I commented on it. I think that's how it went, but he wears a certain type of hat because he and I both, uh, share the, um, I'll just, well, I guess, you know, receding hairline, uh, motif or whatever you want to call it. So having said that, I went out uh, yesterday and bought not one, but two of the hats that he was talking about. Oh, wow. And um, so, yeah. So so now I have a quote unquote uh, reason to wear a hat because because I never could find a hat that just fit my head the, the way I wanted it to. And this one kind of did. So that was cool. Yes. That bedside manner, uh, you know, just comes in and, and, and gives you an excellent tip there. So thanks, Doc. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Hey, see, he was, it was a medical emergency. He was, uh, <laughs> and, you know, since he can't and couldn't replace the hair, he just, you know, did something to cover it all up. <laughs> so guys, yeah, everything, but, I, everything I've seen about him, he seems like he's a very gracious person just in general. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll also push people to, um, he uh, works. He doesn't work with the Planetary Society. Uh, he does a YouTube show called The Planetary Post, which has an awesome intro. You should definitely check that out. Uh, but yeah, uh, guys, what we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. But you know, once again, cry, tear. There's no Star Trek Discovery to be had. So we soldier on uh, anyway. And again, we're going to say, please just check out our Patreon. You don't have to actually give us anything, but go there and just follow us to get some of our bonus content and check it out. We actually posted another one of our videos, which is actually a discussing comics video of our time down in Pensacola, Florida at Pensacola 2018. So you can also check out that video there. Hey, and if you don't mind me saying real quick, um, cause I know you did the editing of that particular video. You did a fantastic job because I, I know taking pictures and voice and trying to pair them together is not an easy task. So kudos to you on doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yes, it was a nightmare, but you know, uh, you know, it came out good in the end. So yeah. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be taking a look at issue two of the IDW Star Trek Discovery series, The Light of Kalis. 
But first, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of news and updates. So on the Emmys.com, actually, Anthony Cruz did an article. I think the title of the article is Speaking Out. And he actually went into some detail about Star Trek Discovery Season 2. So, guys, um, they asked him two questions, and I'll just read through what was in the article. Without giving away spoilers, he actually gives away spoilers, but without giving away spoilers, <laughs> what did you think of your character's twist? Uh, Aaron and Gretchen, which I think are show writers or producers, I'm not really sure which, explained what was going to happen and told me I was part of the story for the next season. Big spoiler. This is a longer epic love story. I know what the story is, and as an actor, I'm really excited about it. But even as a viewer, I think that's going to be fun to watch. And then they also added, uh, how did fans react? We're letting people know I'll be back because there's a bury the gays trope that's out there. People are concerned about the way the LBGT characters, especially those of color and women, continue to be killed off in very random and dismissive ways. We wanted to make sure that the people stayed engaged with the show because this isn't that. They shouldn't just know that there's a bigger plan. It's going to pay off and it's going to be a great story to tell. Love has a way of telling its own story. Story. So, guys, uh, what do we think about um, Colbert, Anthony Cruz, making his return and this whole thing about uh, this overarching love story, which I know we're going to see a little bit in a comic book that's coming out uh, pretty soon here. But did we actually think he'd be making a return to the show? Hmm. Yeah. Jeremy, what do you think? Well, I don't know. I. I... I feel like if they, it, it's one of those where it could be either done really well or really not. Um, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I want him to come back or not because I feel I kind of feel like that part was done. Yeah. And yeah. now it's time for him. I mean, if they're going to bring him back, like as a you know a, a, a flashback or what have you, you know, I think that'll be fine. But if they bring him back as let's say part of the Sport Network or something like that, I think that's going to be you know, too much even for Star Trek, but I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm inclined to want to, you know, agree with what you said, Jeremy. If the, if the story is organic and it's not forced, and there's something logical to bring a character back, whether it's this character or whether it's you know Lorca, that's the bad Lorca, or you know whomever. If it makes sense in the story. That's cool. If it's right. if it's simply for let's do this to appease Group A or to make uh, ratings, you know, have a you know spoiler moment. Mm, those will only work so many times. And you know, if you if you try to please Group A, then you've got to you know please Group B, and then you've got to, you know. So once you start that, so I I, I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm kind of torn. I liked his character. I don't think his character, you know, was fleshed out enough. But right. but on the flip side, I kind of have to agree with what you said about, um, you know, it's it just seemed like th- th- I just think I would have liked this being a tragedy of a lost character as opposed to uh, and and seeing or thinking about what Mike could have been as opposed to unless it's really good how they bring him back just you know, bringing him back for the sake of bringing him back. So what what about you, Clarence? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get you guys' points. That makes a lot of sense. 
Um, but I'm, I'll look at it from more of a story sense point of view. And, and to that, I don't think that there is anything they can really do in the context of the story to really make it work. Cause we know that people in the, the only, the only way he could come back if he's in the mirror universe or another universe, cause we've established that there's a, a multitude of, uh, an infinitude of universes out there <laughs> that could, um, that I guess we could possibly bring a Cobra back from. Um, but, but, you know, I just think that I think his story is wrapped up. And even if he did bring the Cobra from the mirror universe we saw over, it wouldn't be the same Cobra. And, you know, I just don't think that will work. I mean, I, I liked Colbert, like, you know, like I did. I liked Colbert, and I wish we could have gotten more of him originally, you know, before they decided to to kill him off, the original or the copy or whatever that version of him is. But I think trying to bring – because there's only so much shock value a show has before, it, before nothing is shocking anymore. Yeah, yeah, you have to preserve that. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of worried they're trying to, you know, look, overplay the shock value. Yeah. So, guys, I guess we are ready to get into the review. Uh, are you guys ready? Let's sure. go fight. Engage. <sighs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> go. Isn't it Lorca's, Lorca's thing? Go. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an demon. At ease before you sprain something. So, guys, we see Vok actually talking to Lorel in the beginning of this book. And um, he learns that the idea to unite the Klingon houses was not originally Takumba's, but was his sister's Ju- Juyola. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Jula, maybe. Jula? Jula? It, that just seems too easy. <laughs> I'm just going to assume whatever way I try to pronounce it is going to be wrong. So, I just... I'm gonna let y'all have that fight. <laughs> uh, what is our feelings about Vox's feeling of being somewhat betrayed? Do you think it's valid? Mm. And we can tie all this stuff back into the show in any way we can, because you know I know most people do not read the comic book. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think I said this the you know when we reviewed the first issue, and so and I think it's worth bringing up again. I am really impressed by how realistic or how connected that this feels to the actual story because it's it's very parallel to some degree in the sense of whenever i'm hearing the voices of laurel speaking i'm hearing the laurel and i'm seeing the laurel that we watched and i don't always get that whenever i'm reading an a interpretation you know, in written form of something that I've seen on TV first. So the artist and their writing, it's very parallel to the feeling that it, that I feel in watching Discovery. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely get that. Uh, that makes a, a lot of sense. And I do the same, you know, when I'm reading the lines, I'm actually, you know, hearing the actors speak them out, you know, so I, I definitely see why you get that. All right, yeah. So we get this this introduction of where where uh, Vok actually seems like he's he's questioning the motive a bit because you know we learned that Takuma's idea to reunite the houses was um not really his. So again, I don't really know what what Lorel's motivation is to tell him this other than to get this story <laughs> that we're going to get. Um, uh, but yeah, interesting, 
interesting nonetheless. And then, you know, uh, we move on to the next scene where we're back on Barath, um, in the cauldrons of Barath. Uh, we see Takumba sitting on this pillar thing and, it looks like it's trial by fire, I guess. <laughs> trial by lava, more like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All I got to say, get ready for a lot of naked Klingon in these next few pages. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> it's, an, it's a new a new age for Star Trek. Just just kind of run with it. Yeah. So, so, uh, there's, there's got to, never mind. I'm not going to say what I was uh, just about to right say. Ahead, sir. So, you know, I, I couldn't help but wondering, never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I don't, <laughs> trust me. I don't need to say it. So anyway, um, but yeah, I, I literally trial by fire, trial by lava. Yeah. I found it interesting when we first get this, this introduction here and they're the, the two, I guess, priests are up there talking. They make the statement that uh, within the gates of Barath, all the, all the houses are equal, which I thought was, was pretty cool. And yeah, we see where, um, these guys are kind of falling off to the wayside and can't, you know, actually stand the heat, you know. <laughs> They're falling out, pulling out of the challenge. And, you know, the next few pages are pretty much like this. We have a bunch of challenges. Uh, first we have fire and we see where Takumba sees the light. So yeah, what do you guys think about this? Any thoughts at all or, or none? No, 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 I actually do, but I've been talking for a minute. So I'll let Jeremy have a go. Well, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm still trying to, to figure out like, you know, the timeline of all this cause you know to put it in context for myself cause you know like yeah this all i'm confused so just y'all go ahead i'm trying to collect myself yeah so th- <laughs> all, all this is happening in the um sometime before uh the events of of discovery of course so we don't know exactly right. when but but it's it's before did you actually did you get a chance to read the first book as well i i hadn't got a chance to read the first one and i'm sure that would help me out a great deal yeah so so just a quick uh, synopsis, synopsis of what happens in the first. Takuma is pretty much a pushover. He's a pushover. His brothers taunt him, beat him up, and his sister pretty much saves him, shows him the sarcophagus ship, and then sends him on to Barath to get trained by the priest. So that's in, in a few words, just kind of sums up the first book. So, so what we're seeing here is, is Takuma actually going through the trials to become a priest. And then, yeah, so that that's what we're seeing. We see his trial by fire, and then we see, you know, a lot of naked Klingon. <laughs> and we see, <laughs> and we move on to see trial by ice, I guess. Um, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just laughing at something, <laughs> something else. But, um, but, but, but in the trial by fire, there was a comment that one of the priests made that just literally stood out to me, and I made a note of it to go back and mention it. When when he is, you know, Takumba is the one who is not saying, hey, I can't take this, or, you know, uh, he's just sitting there literally meditating. The, you know, the priests that are watching, one of them says, I would not expect such strength from one of such a lowly house. And then the other one says, house matters not once you enter the gates of Boreth. So, uh, and, and you, you, Clarence, made the comment of all houses being equal. But, you know, I, I, I think that's something that's even in our own society where people assume 
well, you aren't born into this family or you're not born uh, to wealth and whatever. And so therefore you you're you're assumed that you can't be better because you just are better. So I thought that was just an interesting uh, even in this comic that, you know, that that shows up. And I just I just found it interesting. Yeah, I agree. It definitely is an interesting concept when you break it down and put everybody on equal playing fields is what we're seeing here. Um, no matter, you know, kind of what your stature was coming in when you literally, in this case, stripped down to the bare necessities, um, uh, only the, the strong rise to the top. So, so really cool. Look really cool what they did with, with that, uh, with that bit of storytelling. So if you don't mind, I have an actual question in the ice part, uh, if you don't mind me asking. Sure, go right ahead, man. So in that scene, we see that they are given, just from their dialogue, you see that it's. it appears to me that there are a set of rules, and it's literally survival of the fittest. Who survives um, you know, through the night, you are worthy, you know, however you want to interpret. So that pretty much, from the look of the scenes, is... If there's one that falls behind, whether it's from tiredness or what, you basically leave those behind and, you know, you, you worry about your own survival. So at the end of that scene where we do see, um, you know, Takumba emerging, uh, even with one of the ones that had fallen, he's carrying him on his back. So he's, you know, basically leading and it looks like the whole group out of the snow. So having seen that, my question is, do we think that the task or the purpose of this mission was not necessarily to follow orders as they were given, but going as a leader or seeing who was going to emerge as a leader to move forward and bring the rest into the fold and bring literally the whole group as opposed to just taking out and looking out for number one, looking out for yourself. Jeremy? I, I, I like that thought that, you know, this is, this is meant to bring out your leadership. This is, you know, this is, this is survival of the fittest, but it's also survival. It's not only a survival of the fittest physically, but also mentally as well. So, I mean, I, I like that train of thought. And in my head, Canada, that's how it's going to be. Cool. Because where I got that from was in that one panel where you see him coming back to the two that are like, uh, you know, like really, really cold. And it looks like they think that they're, they're about to die. And then you see his hand and then he says, follow me. So that that whole, you know, scene right there, just kind of put that in my mind. Is that what you're supposed to do? Or did you break tradition and and be that? So just just an interesting thought. Well, do we have a like a, a frame of reference like a, from another series where this is mentioned or does this talk about more in depth than just, you know, its existence? No, th- I think this is the first we're hearing of this of this particular story. OK. Yeah. Uh, what, well, what about the, the, the trials, though? Oh, the trials themselves. What, yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting point. I don't know. None that that's I can a, remember. That's a Jonathan question. Yeah, that's a trick story in question, definitely. But I will say none that I can remember. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if no, these I, ideas have been explored fully uh, in any other trek. I could be wrong. 
Now, I know in the on the Voyager novels, um, Belana has to kind of go through a trial, oh. a trial of survival to find his mom, to find her mom. You are but right. But that's but that's after, I guess, after adulthood or after they've done all this. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many trials they have to go through through their life. It seems like everything's a trial for them. Yeah, and maybe um, this particular trial is specific to becoming part of the Barat priesthood. I guess. Maybe. Right. Or a rite of passage, or, or you know, a right to manhood, or whatever it is in Klingon. Yeah, but I do definitely think it's interesting how um, he went back for them to help those guys. You know, I, I personally don't really think they were really required to help, or I think it was just him showing an innate ability to lead there. Um, that's what I really was thinking, and it was really cool because you know he saved these people from certain death. Um, but yeah, uh, it also kind of mirrors, uh, <laughs> uh, to make a Doctor Who reference, um, the David Tennant episode with Peter Capaldi. Um, uh, Pompeii, what's the name of the episode? Yeah, the, the Pirates of Pompeii. Yeah, when Tennant is, is, uh, reaching out from the TARDIS to help them. <laughs> kind of reminds me of that. Okay, so, so let me say this. I really thank you for saying that because I would not say that. Because I was like, I am not going to go on here and every freaking time talk about Doctor Who. So thank you for saying that. Because yes, I, that you you are a hundred percent right. Yeah, I'm sure we can relate to other shows too. But the you know that's the one we know. <laughs> right. Oh man. But yeah, later we see where Takumba is given the orders to actually leave, and he is not having it. So maybe you guys can help me with this here. Do we know why he is so? adamant on coming back to Barath. I mean, even when he learns what's going on at his 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 um home village, he still wants to come back there and he's just like adamant. Do you think just because he he feels like he feels like he's just beginning to explore the possibilities of this light? Do we think that, that, that may be the only place he feels at home. Yeah. Agreed. Because if he's treated like, you know, crap at his actual, you know, at his actual home, his actual state, this may be the only place where he's still not treated, you know, like, I guess a person, but, you know, the, the closest thing to home he's had. Agreed. Totally, totally. 100 million percent agree. Because, because it, it, it I got the sense from him, it, it wasn't more necessarily about the knowledge, but it was about that sense of belonging and sense of purpose that he lacked having at home Hmm. that that he had here and on top of that it's interesting that he seems to be such at peace at this point in his life whereas when we see him in discovery it's more of a you know a war you know he the things that we're going to see happening in this comic i think are going to shape him to make him into a more barbaric warrior type personality which seems to be what he's shying away from to some degree in in at this point well we can definitely see in in discovery how you know having this time on barath shapes his tradition anyway uh, I, I think we start to see those things emerge because we see from discovery that he is very, very much about tradition and adhering to things, um, you know, burial, whatnot. 
he is very much about tradition. And, you know, I can definitely see some of those thoughts being formed here kind of early on when he's when he's on Barath. So what do we think about? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, this is it's almost like where he starts learning how to be a cult leader. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like a David Koresh or, you know, the, you know, start making the Kool-Aid for everybody to drink. Yeah. And this is probably, you know, planting those seeds and he wants to go back and let that grow. Well, it's funny you say that because I almost feel like his journey is less a, I mean, if you want to equate it to a religion over here, I mean, well, I guess David Koresh was over here, but a, <laughs> a religion, <laughs> a, 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 a following that's kind of bigger, you know, more of the, the standard Christian following or, or even whatever religion. Um, you know, I think I would equate him to maybe a prophet or something more on those sides rather than the David Koresh because to, and the reason I said it, cause it seems like his intentions are very pure in a very, um, uh, very, very, very tradition oriented. And I don't, I don't feel like he's straying too much from that. And to me, he's like almost the pure form of a true Klingon, if that makes any sense. No, no, I definitely see, you know, where you're coming from. And, and I would equate it to someone who, you know, uh, Catholicism has very, um, ritualistic you know you, you you do certain things on certain holidays and you you know around um mardi gras you have lent and all of that so the, so there's a lot of tradition that goes with catholicism so you know i i definitely see that parallel i just go into more so feeling more empathy and, and bordering on sympathy or maybe i'm more sympathetic to this character now because you're seeing this being that is outside what we originally saw, you know, regardless of his want of tradition in the, in the story itself. I just think that this version that we're seeing in this comic has, there's a, there's a lot of tragedy. I think that's going to happen to him mainly uh, because of the sister that he holds in such high regard. Yeah, yeah. At some point, spoiler alert, I think she's going to die, and that's going to boost him more to to be where we start with, where we start with him with. So I have a speculation about what you just said, but I'll hold that for a moment. Hmm. Well, I mean, speaking of his sister, Juella, uh, and, and, you know, she's remained on Konos, and we see where, you know, when we initially left from, from there, and we saw where the brothers were the ones that were really corrupt. Really, you know, um, they made the reference to being greedy, uh, all money driven and things like that. But when we come back, we find out from, from Kale, or I think you said Kale, Chill, um, that, that it's not only the brothers now, it's also, um, also the sister, which, you know, seems very shocking because, you know, as we learned from the first page of this book, she is the one that originally, um, had the idea to unite the houses, but now we see from years of being in the presence of her corrupt brothers, she is too corrupt. And, and, and that's, and that seems like it parallels a lot with what we see today. Um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a go to politics just because it's the easy example, but you have the up and 
upstart senator, you know, fresh, young, just getting in. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to change everything. But lo and behold, after after a few years of of being in the boys club and playing the game that he's been given, uh, we found out he, too, has become corrupt. And, you know, I think that's kind of what we're seeing with uh, Juella here. And, yeah, just just really surprising for what we see from her um, in the first book. So let me ask you this. Was it the presence of her being around her brothers or was it the absence of Takumva that led to the corruption? And I know it's, you know, two sides of the same coin, but just as a perspective, what do you guys think? Is it because she was around the brothers or was it because she was not around Takumva? Hmm. Well, now, you know, because I haven't read the first one, so. I don't know. It may. I, I, I'm leaning towards it's being his absence. Mm, that's very. But that's just what I, I've gathered from you know from this. And and you know and also maybe she was just destined to be bad because we also see where even though you know she's in the presence of her corrupt brothers, it seems like Kel, the uh, other albino uh, Klingon, um, seems to be be pretty still pure hearted. Uh, it seems like the common folk that are working to restore the Sakathka ship are pretty pure hearted. So what was it in particular that caused her to go bad? And that I don't know. And it could presumably be the, the guy from, um, what is it? Name of the clan, the Mokai. Yeah. Yeah. The Mokai. That, that, um, it could be the guy that she's betrothed to is the one that made her corrupt. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Force not yet seen. What's that, Jeremy? Said it could be. It also could be a force just not yet seen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so here's my speculation. I think you know the 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 more we've just talked just now, I I can't help but wonder if part of what's going on with her is she's maybe not turned. But because of her betrothment to this other person, this other Klingon, she is doing what she's doing because she has no choice. And if that is the case, maybe part of the tragedy is that it is Takumva. Because, Jeremy, you made a comment about he possibly or she is possibly going to die. What if she dies at his hands and then finds out that she wasn't bad all along, that it was because mm-hmm. of this person that she's betrothed to, perhaps. Yeah, that would that would be horrible. <laughs> that would be horrible, uh, especially tragic. That would be horrible. But but that would be a that would be a twist. I guess you could say I would enjoy or I would appreciate. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, the common trope is, you know, to, to avenge the death or to honor the death of their, of their sister and continue their fight that they had started. So that that would be a welcome change. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, we see at the end of the book where where um, his brothers are pretty much slaughtered here in this hall. So, I mean, personally, I'm wondering what kind of effect that will have on him, because we know he doesn't have much affection for his brothers in already. So, you know, what 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 is the point of this scene? How is it how is it going to drive Takumba in a different direction? Personally, I don't think it will because he doesn't like those guys very much. They bullied him to death when he was <laughs> he was a kid. So I don't know. He might let the blood wine pour through the halls. 
<laughs> oh man. Any other thoughts? I think we pretty much covered the gamut on this one. <laughs> well, I actually have have a closing uh, thought that's tied right to that scene for you guys, if you don't mind, which is the betrothed, the you know, the fiance or however you want to call it. His final words to to Tacumba are kneel to me. So do we see him kneeling uh, to this person or do we see him standing up? I mean, any any speculation, thoughts? Hmm. Man, it'd be a hard sell to see him kneeling. I just can't see yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't see that happening either. So how does he survive? I guess we'll find out in number three. But, um, you know, I just I, 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 I just found that last page just made me want more, you know, because it it just ended like, okay, there's so many ways that you can, di- you know, go with this, but it just didn't, there, 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 there wasn't a clear thing that I could think of that would be like, okay, this is the next logical step. I couldn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree because I mean, to me, he's almost, we see that he's stronger, which he showed when his brother tried to grab him. You know, he said, uh, they made the statement that he's grown since he's been on Barath. So I definitely know. Kind of, well, I think we have a good sense that he's stronger now. But by the same token, is he strong enough to challenge um, this this guy uh, that he barely knows? And that's killed his brothers. So I, that I don't know. So, guys, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug uh, Star Trek Discovery or Star Trek related or otherwise? Uh, and we will start with Jeremy. Um, what I'm afraid to say, I, I kind of don't right now. It's been a busy, it's, uh, my work week is just consuming everything in my life besides this. So I'm afraid not. Uh, all right, man. Well, that's fine. How about you, Cal? Anything to plug Star Trek related otherwise? Uh, all right. Well, not necessarily Star Trek, but you and I can also be found again at youtube.discussingwho.com that will take you to our YouTube channel. And of course, we can be found at discussingwho.com for, guess what, Dr. Who. Cool, man. And you can also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast feed as well as our YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.stdpodcast.com as well as checking us out on Twitter and Facebook, STD underscore podcast on Twitter and at STD Podcast on Facebook. Thank you all for joining, and until next time, live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to the STD Podcast. For more information, go to stdpodcast.com slash subscribe.